So our gospel this morning is taken from the end of chapter 9 of Matthew and the beginning of chapter 10. And I think it would be important for us to look at the context of this gospel. Chapter 9 of Matthew is filled with good things that Jesus does for his people, for the people. It starts with the healing of the paralytic. And as he heals that paralytic, the scribes, they complain. They challenge Jesus. And then he goes on to call what was seen as the sinner, the tax collector, Matthew himself. And after calling Matthew, he goes and eats with the tax collectors in Matthew's house. And the Pharisees, they complain and say, he eats with sinners, with tax collectors. He goes on to heal a woman who had hemorrhage, who was bleeding for 12 years. He raises the daughter of the ruler who was dead and goes on to heal a man who could not speak. He heals the two blind men as well. And as he heals the men who could not speak, the Pharisees, they go on to complain and say, he casts out demon because, that demons because he's a prince of demons, by the prince of demons. So this is the context from where we get our gospel today, where Jesus says, the, rich, the harvest is rich, but the laborers are good. And this rich harvest that he is talking about, it's this situation whereby very little good is going around, or good people, they do not do what they are supposed to do, which is good. So the gospel today begins with Jesus looking at the crowds after doing all those wonderful things at the end of the ninth chapter. He saw them and we are told that he had compassion. When we look at the word compassion, it comes from the Latin word compati, which means to suffer with. So not only to feel sad or to feel sorry for the person who is suffering, but to actually immerse yourself in the suffering of that person and suffer with that person and journey with that person. So we are told that he had compassion for them. And then he invites his followers, the disciples, to this harvest, to suffer with the people, the crowds that he was looking at. We are told that he cures the sick, raises the dead, cleanses the lepers, the lepers cast out devils. He does all these good things as part of this rich harvest, working in this rich harvest to make people experience the love of God. 
And the gospel today concludes by reminding us that we have received without charge, we have received freely, and we have to give without charge and give freely. So in calling the twelve, he calls them to set up this new Israel. In the first reading, we hear of Moses having a conversation with God just before he receives the the Ten Commandments. There we see or we hear of God reminding Moses about the good things that he did for his people, the Israelites. And after this, what was read today, in the following chapter, that's when we get the Ten Commandments, which is like a contract, a deal, between God and his people, so that his people will do what is pleasing to God. But now in today's gospel, Jesus calls the twelve a new Israel, the twelve and the followers of Jesus to continue building this kingdom of God, this kingdom of love, this kingdom of peace, and the kingdom of generosity and justice. As Christians, as followers of the twelve who were called at that time by Jesus, we are also called to continue the building of this kingdom. As we reflect on the readings of today, maybe we need to ask ourselves, what is our contribution towards the building of this kingdom, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of peace, and the kingdom of universal justice, as Pope Francis has coined it? What do we do as those who have responded to this call of being Christians to build that kingdom, to continue the work that Jesus started with the 12 disciples. Paul, in the second reading today, he reminds us that God showed his love by sending Jesus, his son, to die for us. And when that happened, we were not in a good state, or rather humanity was not in a good state or good relationship with God, but God in his love, in his mercy, he sent his son to redeem us and to save us from this sinful state. Send him so that he can be like us, so that we can change and be like him. In his concern and his compassion, he sent his son to suffer with us so that he can liberate us from that sinfulness or that sinful state. So that's what we see from Christ in the Gospels. So as his followers being sent, to continue the work. We also have to continue this concern and this compassion amongst each other. On Friday, we celebrated Youth Day here in South Africa. The rest of the continent celebrates that day as a day of the African child. A day when we remember what happened 47 years ago when the young people took it upon themselves to fight the injustices that the people of South Africa were suffering. It was concern for the dignity of the human person. It was concern for human rights of the people who were suffering. Interestingly enough, the theme for this uh, past Africa Day, uh, Child for the World Day for the Africa Child, 
African child, it had to do with the digital space. Today we see young people in this digital space not only promoting, I mean, not promoting the dignity of the human person, not promoting human rights, not advocating for those who are being rejected or marginalized, but as Pope Francis put it in his letter, Fratelli Tutti, he says the digital space has become a space of disrespect where people do not respect, have no respect for others, where respect has disintegrated. And we see, when you look at social media, how people disrespect each other, especially on Twitter. Many young people, they use that space to insult each other, to disrespect others. This is not what it's supposed to be. We don't use these things, these resources that, has been, that have been given to us for the good of others, for the benefit of others, especially the marginalized, the poor, and those in the periphery of our society. Instead, we use it to insult each other and to disrespect one another. So I think as young people, better informed followers of Christ, we need to use these resources to be compassionate to one another, to be compassionate to others, to show concern for those who, have, who are suffering, who are poor, and who are marginalized. On Tuesday, we will be celebrating World Refugee Day. That's why we have our guests today. Not Father Murari, he's not a refugee. He's not. <laughs> and when we look at statistics today, we are told that now we have over 108 million people who have been forcibly displaced, who have been, forci who have been forced to leave their homes, not because of their choice, but because they have you know, fought for human rights or fought for human dignity or you know, said something which those in power do not like, speaking truth to power. Many have suffered because of wars. Nowadays, many are being displaced because of climate change. You know, many of others have been displaced of disproportionate uh, uh, distribution of resources. So there are many reasons that people have been forcibly displaced. The theme for this year's World Refugee Day is hope away from home, a world where refugees are always included. And the challenging thing about the issue of refugees and migrants in general is that there is lack of solidarity or lack of being compassionate to others who have been forcibly displaced from their homes because they are not from our same our country or because they are not from my tribe and all that. And we remember, we, we forget that borders, borders are man-made. Borders were not created by God. God created human beings in his image. So all of us, we carry the image of God. And 
with that image of God, we are all children of God. So one does not deserve to live a dignified life because one is from South Africa. Borders were made by those Europeans in the Berlin Conference in 1848. Was it 1848 or 84? You remember that? Those who did history will remember. Borders are man-made. So they should not be the determining factor whether we help somebody in need or not. You cannot decide to help a person because a person is from this side of the fence and not from that side of the fence. That fence is man-made. It's not what God made. And that is the challenge that is facing us today when we look at migrants and refugees. We refuse to support and to help those whose rights have been violated and they had to leave their countries because they come from across the fence. We fail to see them as children of God who were created in the image of God just like us. The church teaches us that we have to show solidarity, to show compassion to those who have suffered, those who come from across the border. JRS has generously made this pamphlet which has been distributed and they have included in it what the church says about refugees and migrants. And if you look at the pastor's corner as well, there's a bit of reflection on that as well. You cannot treat human beings like trash because they come from across the fence. They are human beings. They are children of God. So as Christians who are called to build this kingdom of God, who are called just like the 12 disciples that we heard about in the gospel today, we cannot just sit and watch when other children of God are suffering. If we do that, we are failing in our faith. We are failing in our vocation as followers of Christ. We are failing to build this kingdom of God, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of peace, and the kingdom of universal justice. So, Refugee Day reminds us that we need to give them hope. We need to help them pick up their pieces. And we need to help them to make a contribution in communities where they find themselves. And give them skills so that when they ultimately go back home, they can be able to build and make a meaningful contribution in their communities. We need to ask ourselves as followers of Christ, how do we bring healing? How do we bring hope in the lives of others? Especially those who do not come from our country or from our villages or from our communities. We need to make a concerted effort to work for the protection of their dignity, for the protection of their rights as human beings. And most importantly, we need to remember that evil 
will always flourish when we good people do nothing. So, in the midst of whatever criticism we find ourselves in, we still need to continue to do what is good. When Jesus was healing the, the blind, the sick, giving life to those in the, margin, in the margins of society, he was also criticized, but he continued doing what is good. So with us as well, we need to remember that, that despite or irrespective of the criticisms that we find when people give support to migrants, to refugees, we still need to do it because it is the right thing to do. It is what our vocation demands of us as Christians to build the kingdom of God, the kingdom of love, the kingdom of peace, kingdom of generosity and universal justice. Let us not allow this evil to flourish. As good people, let us do what is good, what is right, what is demanded of us by our vocation, the call and the mission that we received from Christ. God bless you.